0: Uh Scott, you know, Trip Foreman. We all know Trip Foreman. We all love Trip Foreman. He's been a former guest and he is one of the co-founders of Real Water Sports in North Carolina, also known as realwatersports.com to most of our listeners. They've been in business for 20 years selling surfboards and uh, surf-related items.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trip and the, and the crew at Real Water Sports. I was on there the other day going, I sent him a little... I sent Real Water Sports, they have a chat feature, you know. And I was on there and I was like, hey, I'm looking for a Prince Cahillo 11 foot Donald Takeyama surf tech glider thing, you know. And they immediately got back to me. They're like, hey, we're keeping our eyes out. Those are hard to come by. But uh, there you go. Anyway, the customer support, customer service uh, is through the roof at Real Water Sports. And of course, wow, what an incredible uh, array of beautiful surfboards.
0: That customer service thing is really what they've invested in. Um, they do these video reviews or video tutorials of the surfboards that come in for sale. So you can see most of the surfboards that are in their inventory have that video uh, review with them. And so it's super helpful. Whatever you can't glean out of that, you can open up the chat. Their staff are experts. They will get you into the right board for your surfing ability and for your local waves. And Rob Galan, by the way, is the listener who won that Christensen last week. He took delivery of that. I think over the weekend. So he posted it on social media. It's an insane looking Christensen with an abstract resin kind of swirl on the bottom and opaque white tint. So really epic board. So thank you to realwatersports.com for supporting us and our listeners. Absolutely. And then, of course, Neat Essentials. Neatessentials.com has been with us for years now. And have provided exclusively all of my wetsuits, trunks, wetsuit tops, everything for years. I am a huge fan. I've actually been wearing the same four three and three two for well over a year. Um, durable, quality wetsuits at an unbelievable price.
3: Yeah, I'm a huge fan, and every surf trip I go on is stocked with my need gear, either leashes, um, the the rain gear, the the um, the friggin waterproof backpack thingy what do they call that thing dry bag yeah the dry bag um i'm a huge fan
0: yeah neat and of course they're behind the production of the lost track atlantic series tons of great torn martin stuff so thank you always neatessentials.com
2: as we see some movement at the takeoff zone it's kelly slater grabbing rail a clean entry, this thing holding open. It spits. Oh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me
1: off my board. Comes out with the spit, spits him out, comes out after the spit, gets spat out of another good looking wave here. Spit, spit, spit.
3: We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got it. Where I'm going. I I'm I'm
1: I'm never know. This is what's happening. Scott, again from Huntington Beach. Uh, I'd like to send this one out
3: to the Spit
2: Podcast. Um, So I wanted to address the oil spill in Huntington Beach, and for me, it seems like a really daunting task to think about when it happened. As an individual, I, I can't even compete against these corporate juggernauts, and it just doesn't even seem fair as an individual. One of the things that I've done over the years is I've donated my time at the Wetlands Wildlife Care Center right directly in front of the smokestacks in Huntington Beach. I know you've probably driven by it thousands of times, but it's a wildlife Rehabilitation Center for Animals, and they've been ground zero for this oil spill. The amount of animals that have came in since the oil spill and passed away is super depressing and very, very unfortunate and super sad. Um, They've had all kinds of great help from UC Davis. Oil Wildlife Care Network come in, which is an absolutely – amazing program that takes care of oiled animals all up and down the California coast. It's been, um, I think, what you would have expected to see versus the people walking up and down the beach. These guys are super pro. Um, The other thing for me, food makes such a big difference on the environment. So knowing the implications of what you eat is very important. I don't want to be preachy about a plant-based diet, But I think it's really important for people to understand the difference it makes in our society, what they eat every single day. And they may not know that. Every time you put a corporate death burger on on your plate, you're supporting these industries that are just destroying the earth. And I think everybody should be responsible enough to at least know the implications of that because it's a huge factor in our society right now. So, thanks for the time. I love what you guys are doing, and have a great
3: one. See ya. Yeah, guy. Yeah, friggin' guy. Yeah, guy. It's Wednesday. Corporate Death Burger is the name of my new band.
0: I knew you're gonna. <laughs> I knew you're gonna
1: say that.
3: <laughs> we play Neil Diamond covers, but in a in a sort of a metal type of way. So metal Neil Diamond covers. Corporate Death Burger. come check Shh. us out cherry loves me yes yes she does <laughs> what's the one what's the one <laughs> she's got the, the way to move me yeah she's, she's got, got the fucking having... way to move me <laughs> norwegian um, death metal
0: amazing um, well
3: what did you think of that that voice well,
0: yeah shout out thanks scott in huntington beach um I appreciated it when we talked about the oil spill, you were kind of saying, you know, what can we actually do? And I was like, I don't know, hands up, I guess donate to Surfrider, but I think Scott presents a couple of things that, um, one that you could do locally, which is that wildlife refuge right there where the spill happened in Huntington Beach. But if you're not local, the idea of being more conscientious about your food sourcing um, is a global thing that anybody could do around the world. And I think it's interesting, like, if you live in a tiny city, then it's easy to eat farm to table. But if you live in a big city, there's actually more access now to organics and um, sustainable options. And even like big uh, Whole Foods or whatever has options that they source from their local suppliers as well. So I think that you can almost do it on any level other than eating the corporate death burger.
3: Man, you know what? My uh, my kitchen's been torn up for like a month and a half because of, for whatever reason, we have been having construction in our house. And so all we've been doing because we don't have access to our kitchen is eating out. Oh, man. <laughs> it's gnarly. Is it? It's like, it's like that movie, Super Size, where the guy just eats McDonald's for a month straight. Yeah. Not that I've been doing that because I absolutely hate McDonald's and I hate fast food. But just eating out at fine restaurants, but just having them like delivered, you know, to our house, like DoorDash, because anyway, it's, 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 um, overwhelming. It's, I guess what I'm saying is I miss eating healthy.
0: Are you saying it's overwhelming because the caloric intake is always greater than it would be if you were eating at home?
3: Probably a little bit of that. I'm, I'm actually pretty good about intermittent fasting. I only eat two meals a day and. But what's I guess what it is is that I just miss having a kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's just you'd think it'd be great. Right. Oh, they just deliver food every meal you need. And then it's just like, oh God, do I really want
0: another chicken sandwich? Totally. The options are limited. Um the good news is you'll have a better kitchen than you ever had before and you can make all of your favorite meals, right?
3: Oh my god! I was in a I was in a grocery store. They have these things called grocery stores where there's like fresh food and stuff. I was blown away. I was like, "Oh my god! I miss this place." I want to buy some of these bell peppers.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, by the way, Scott, who left that that voicemail, left me another voicemail prior to it that I want to thank him for publicly. I'm not going to play it because it's not necessarily relevant to the show, but it's more about uh, me having my first child and him talking about his experience and giving me advice and really just saying how awesome it is. So thank you for that, Scott. Hugely appreciated, Even though I don't have a way to actually reply to you directly via that voicemail line, but I do appreciate it.
3: You're in that space where everyone's giving you advice. right? till you have the kid <laughs> and you're like at the playground or whatever. And he's like two years old and people are going to come up to you and go, Oh my God, this is, don't just, this is the classic one you're going to get from everybody is relish this moment. You're never going to be able to hold them again. It's time's going to fly by so quick. And of course it's all true. I was going to say, why are you
0: saying it in that voice? Cause you don't agree with it.
3: No, I totally agree with it. It's just that you're just going to get bombarded with it.
0: Well, you know, what's crazy. Jamin Luoto from NVS fins had a kid, a daughter three months ago. So he and I have been communicating through the pregnancies and stuff. And, um, He sends me a photo of his daughter the other day, who's three months old. In my mind, she was born yesterday. You know, the three months went by like that from my side, but she looked so grown compared to her infant photo. And he said what you said, which is relish it because the moments go by so quick. And I thought, holy cow, he's already past the point of this, you know, um, super fragile baby. He's already kind of into a new phase that went away instantly. And it's so chaotic, I'm sure, and stressful that you don't really enjoy it. You just kind of rush past it. But then 20 years go past it. I was talking to a buddy at work who's like, kids are in college now. But he's telling me about his wife giving labor as if he remembered it like it was yesterday. You know, so it is kind of crazy.
3: Yeah, I think what you said was really the kind of hits the nail on the head, which is it's so chaotic being a new parent that you don't ever really get to kind of have a Zen moment where you're like, although you do, you're going to have those at night, you know, when you're with the baby, the baby's crying and you're going to be with the baby sleeping the baby and you can't help, but be kind of in, in the moment, you know, but anyway, yeah, good for you.
0: Well, and thanks. And back to Scott, the caller, Huntington beach opened last Monday for surfing again. And the waves are actually pumping for those couple of days that it opened. So, um, Everybody's back in the water here. I just got a couple little tar deposits on my surfboard yeah. that I noticed, which happens throughout the year, anyways, but um, definitely a little more frequent this past week. So, but that's the only updates I've got from Huntington Beach, Scott.
3: Okay. Well, duly noted small goblets of tar on occasion. Okay. Yes, and
0: yes, but thumbs down. Right. You got a beautiful lime green surfboard behind you, Scott. Look at that thing! That
1: thing I just is gorgeous.
0: I just picked it up,
3: like literally five minutes ago. I just took the—you can't see—but the plastic bag is at the foot of the tail here, and um, that's why I'm kind of late to the show and relatively unprepared. I apologize to say, but um, I've been—I got—I got, I got plenty of
0: stuff for you, so you can riff. Um, what is that? Tell us what it is. That's Scott.
3: my new Channel Islands mid-length. That. Devin Howard did me right. And all the guys at CI, Scott and uh, Britt and the good dangs and all the guys that are owners there. I'm stoked to be able to, this board's really sexy. It's thin, you know, which I like. I like that it's kind of thinned out because it's, you know, it's pretty wide, 21 and a quarter. So it's nice and thin. And I don't know, man, I'm kind of psyching on it. Um, but, you know, I've been looking at these boards. You have too. we've all been looking at these CI mid links for a few months now. And uh, I'm pretty stoked on this one. I'm, I'm really stoked on it. I can see this could be the board. Like, you know how we always say, Hey, you can only have one board. This could be the board. That's the only board that you ever own and you can ride it in like pumping part. can do a beach break and you know, two-foot kind of semi-mushy windswell Cardiff and you know you know my point is that this board's going to cover all the bases with uh you know with room to spare it's going to do everything you know it's, a,
0: it's just like kind of a good all-around board mid and the model name is actually mid, mid. Um, you were asking Devin last week what the rails were like are you happy with what the rails turned out to be I'm
3: super happy because, like I said, it's kind of it's kind of thinned out, which I I'm starting to. Yeah, I'm down on the thinned out stuff.
0: Uh, Are you distracted? They're more sensitive. (laughs) I'm looking at my dog. No,
3: my dog's in the in the driveway. And I'm like, who's watching my dog? Okay. And then I see my lovely wife is watching my dog. Okay,
0: perfect. Um, so when you were asking Devin about that, are, were you only specifically talking about how thick or thin the rails were? Were you talking about apex and the shape?
3: No, nah, just generally like the thickness. Okay, know? got it. Yeah. Got it, got it. I want them sensitive. Uh,
0: so Devin rides those boards with a large center fin or a medium-sized center fin and then two small side bites. Is that your plan?
3: I'm doing what he told me to do. What did he is- tell you? He sent me some, he sent me that setup. Do you want me to show you? Is it, it you? seven?
0: What's the center fin? What's the Hold length on it? Okay. Hold on.
3: Six point five.
0: Okay. Six Six
3: point five. And it's kind of got a bassy, it's kind of got like a Tom Parrish vibe to it. It's kind of yeah. bassy. It's
0: thick. Mid little side bites. Or those aren't side bites. Those are trailer fins.
3: It says 4.0.
0: Okay. Is there only one of them?
3: ripped surfers there's one of them okay (laughs) there must be another one in here somewhere (laughs) anyway i'm psyched on my ci mid have not waxed it but i'm looking forward to riding it here's the other one there's two (laughs) there we go
0: so do you do you like waxing a new board i do i'm a full
3: grom dude i grom out the whole process whole ritual of finning up the board and waxing it and the best thing about it is i don't put on a stupid pad so i just get to wax the whole thing because you know pads are for kids
0: i hate waxing really yeah even just like yeah especially a fresh board really Uh, it's exhausting to me my arm my hand gets all (laughs) cramped up you know it's just like I'm happy. Dang Once crap. it's waxed, I'm happy. I'd rather the shaper waxed it for me. I need a roadie that I can have travel <laughs> with me waxing. You do. Boards. You need a
3: personal um, assistant.
0: I wanted to point out the quad that's behind me from Jeff Timponi and his son, Nick Timponi on Maui. Yeah. They, they're they donating a surfboard. Um, actually, they they donated this surfboard that I was supposed to then ride, talk about, give away to one of our listeners who supports the show but I changed the plan. I'm keeping this one. I will pay for the Timponies <laughs> to make you a custom board if you are the winner. Um but they make it so among they make the of among all the boards in their offering, they are different models. They can do any of them in what they call Maui leaf light construction and you get an option between um, a solar made PU core or a recycled EPS core. The idea with Maui Leaf Light is that it's a more sustainable surfboard construction. So you pick recycled EPS or solar made PU. So you still have your choice between PU or EPS. Then the cloth on it is a um, hemp flax cloth, layered like a traditional, Lamination would be, and then the resin is a bio-based resin, and they put what you what would look like reinforcements. It looks like carbon carbon netting and carbon strips, but they're actually not carbon at all. It's again hemp or I think flax and basalt is what those are made out of, and um, so the idea is that the materials that make the board are uh, regenerate. They're sustainable, you know, and the board itself is also more durable. So we all know that epoxy resin is more is harder and stronger than um, PE resin, polyester resin, but these other materials in the lamination are also stronger. So the two components here are you know the construction materials and then the fact that the board doesn't end up in a landfill is the idea, or that you're not going to be needing a new surfboard every six months or whatever. So I have another board from them that's made out of the same construction that I got in 2018. I still write it. Um, it barely has heel dents in it or anything like that. I did bust a fin box in it because I wrote it into the sand at one point, but fixed that it rides like new. Um, there's no like wear and tear from my heels essentially is what it is. So this is what one of our one lucky listeners will win on November 1st. So it's... a. Um, It's kind of a fish DNA, but it's uh, more increased tail rocker, narrower tail, and obviously a quad setup. So it's kind of modernized. The idea is that you can get a little bit more pivot out of it turning, but it still has all the bulk and girth that you get out of a fish.
3: Who waxed your board? It looks killer. The wax job.
0: I do. I do actually a very good job waxing. I just hate doing it.
3: I just hate doing it. Uh, It's a cool looking board. It is. The board looks like it's got some instant speed, built-in speed. Exactly. Um, Jeff's Jeff's a great shaper, and um, I don't know if is the word underrated correct. I mean, he's he's highly regarded and well known, but I don't know if underrated. But God, he's he's the real deal.
0: I was talking to him about kind of about that, just about growing his business and choosing to keep it at a manageable level, because there was times in the nineties where he had like Rush Randall doing flips on his boards in the magazines and stuff. And, you know, at that point you absolutely can capitalize on it, hire a bunch of staff, get into a bigger factory, start shipping boards around the world. And, um, he was like, you know what, if I did that and then that business went away, what if Rush, you know, whatever, if the business goes away, I'm stuck with all that overhead. So I'd rather just Build quality boards for, you know, uh, yeah, custom man. clients essentially and Maintain do it for 50 years. Exactly. Hawaiian lifestyle, too. That's not bad. Uh, the fin setup, NV- fins set up Peregrines, NVS's fins, the Peregrine model thrusters are the two side, larger side fins. Oh. And JL trailer fins, which is a quad set. So thruster outside, side uh, front fins. Quad trailer fins on the back that are a little bit shorter. Sweet. How's it yeah. going? I love it. I've yeah. been loving it. Um, I'm new to quads. I haven't owned a ton of quads. You were, you were
3: yeah, you were poo pooing quads a couple of
0: weeks ago. Well, I always just ask people what the benefits, what's the virtue of a quad? You know what I mean? And then nobody can really sum it up as to why it's better <laughs> than a thruster or not. And what I will say, <laughs> So I'm going to try, I'm going to try to, you tell me. You if this...
3: Well, the thing is you can't just say, you can't generalize quad, like a quad fin on a six, six at Slater's writing at pipe is a totally different quad fin than the one you're showing me here. So it's sure. just like anything with surfboard design. You just can't pigeonhole it all into one concept because it's also inter intermingled and, in, you know, each, each part of the board depends on any the, uh, the other part of the board. And so, Anyway, you get what I'm saying.
0: I think Stop you're general. right. You're right. And I don't know, now that I'm thinking about those guys who are riding quads and barrels, we're riding them specifically for barrels. I can't speak to that at all. Or my experience on this isn't related to what their rationale would be for doing that. But what I can say about this is um, with a tail this wide, your other option really would be to Big go tw- fence. Yeah, big twin, big twin fins. And so I know exactly what that feels like compared to this. And what this does instead of that is offers more steering, essentially. So more um like a tighter turning radius. And because I thought about it before these fins showed up, I was like, I'm just gonna put like those C drive twins in them and have a go. And then I was like, no, I know exactly what that's gonna feel like, and it's gonna feel too stiff, and that's not what I want out of this. So
3: I don't the, know that tail's so friggin' wide. I don't think the C drives would be able to handle that tail.
0: Maybe not. Yeah, that thing's wide. Yeah, and so the quad allows you the kind of um, maneuverability of a th- of not quite of a thruster, but more of a thruster with the benefits of the wide tail and all that volume, right? Does well, that make sense? Yeah,
3: sure. I mean, again, it's hard to generalize, but I would say on wide-tailed boards, the quads generally give you a little bit more positivity you know there may be a little bit more um they're not quite as loosey-goosey as a straight twin fin is um you know more of yeah, a more of a sensitive sense exactly I know it's not a tri-fin but yeah
0: yeah well i'm hip to it and the quad makes perfect sense in this design so i apologize if i threw them out completely threw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, um, it's a cool board Well, so this, the reason why I wanted to talk about construction and the durability is there was an article on STAB this week that a number of people have sent me. Um, The idea was, Jed Smith wrote the article, I forget the exact title, but it was something along the lines of, you know, are surfboards built to fail? Are they planning to fail? And he gave a bit of a history, um, you know, back in the 70s, 60s, 70s boards were built pretty much bulletproof, like heavy lamination. And you can find a lot of those boards today that are still in really good condition. Even if they got dinged, that ding has been patched and the lamination is still strong. They're not delaminated. But when we went towards kind of higher performance, smaller thrusters and progression became the objective, it was important to have lighter and lighter surfboards. I think what he didn't mention, what I think was also happening, though, was the industry was making more and more money during that time. So surfboard manufacturers actually had more revenue to play with and to make Kelly Slater 100 boards a year or whatever it was, you know, as opposed to his predecessors on tour were riding the same two or three boards throughout the entire season. So number of factors that influenced why boards became Disposable, more or less. Um, and then he talks. Jed goes on and talks to a couple of surfboard builders and asks them, "Is part of the design, is part of your mentality, or part of your business model, the idea that you're going to sell a surfer a board? It will break down over the course of six months or a year, and then they will become a new customer as well. You know, what are your thoughts well, on any of this?" Of and, yeah,
3: yeah, this is a cool. I'm looking at the article and it's it's really fascinating. It's it's an interesting take. A couple of things that and I'm not sure maybe Jed touched on this because I haven't read the article, but one of the things is the boards that were made by MR and and you know um, Glenn Winton and all of these guys that were shapers and on tour and and writing the most performance boards of the time, those boards were thicker. Like yeah. they were those boards were three inches thick and so that has a lot to do with why they didn't break you know um the other thing is i think if those boards were thin they would have broke okay i'm not saying like there's not that much difference except for the thickness we still have basically a polyurethane blank and fiberglass and resin
0: they were laminated thicker too
3: well, maybe. I mean, I bet MR didn't. I bet MR did single four ounce layups just for his own personal boards. You think? I don't know. I mean, I know that they, they wanted them as light as possible. And I've actually, I've felt some of MR's personal boards and they're pretty, they're beat up. They're, they're pretty <laughs> dinged up. Soft. Soft and, and they're light. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't think there's this idea that, that, where boards are being made intentionally fragile. I don't think it's true. And um, I mean, all you got to do is look, if you're riding a two and a quarter inch piece of foam, it's going to break. You know, if you're riding two and seven, eighths inches, it's probably not going to break as quick, you know? Yeah. And oh, by the way. So I just think it has to do with like what the CT guys are riding. I think those boards are, destructible i think that i don't think they're made to be destructible i think that the what is demanded of the design suggests that they have to be made in a way that's going to oh well i guess what it's probably going to break but for two months you're going to rip the shit out of it and you're going to get points on tour and do airs for instagram and yada yada yada
1: yeah
0: they're designed there's a balance right between um making the board as functionally progressive like progressively functional as possible versus um durability and so you're trying to walk that line where you want to make it as durable as possible but without sacrificing any of the progression of the board the radicalness of the board um i think when i was growing up in that shortboard era i accepted the breakage like i knew surfboards were built Breakable, and if I broke a surfboard on my very first time out, it was part of it. You know, it was just part of what came with the territory. I'm, and I don't think that that's right. Like I, I think that we should expect more, and we should. Um, well, i'm mean, try to make the boards last,
3: or order a stronger board. Yeah, you know, like at some point you got to take
0: which we have. I have accountability know?
3: and responsibility for your purchases.
0: Yeah, which I have since then. I've become, so let me ask you this. Methods for keeping your board uh, strong and durable. Number one, don't leave it in your car, right? That's an obvious one, but I think that's one that you still hear that people make this mistake all the time, but when you're talking about the thickness of the foam, one thing board builders always tell me about when I ask them about this is the lamination itself. The lamination is very important and it's only as strong as its weakest part. So like if the lamination has a part that isn't adhered to the foam, fully bonded, that's what's going to go first. Once it goes into a hot car that then cools down is that tiny little weak spot bubbles and that becomes delamination. That was one thing that I experienced a lot with my surfboards when I was young was delamination more than breakage was delam, And I think some of it too is just from your heel dent that then softens the foam and then that ends up breaking the bond eventually. But that's key, right?
3: Well, yeah, absolutely. And I will say this, there have been numerous um, sort of forward thinkers that have come up with ways to laminate a board uh, stronger, like um, different techniques, like maybe... um, you know, somehow, uh, I forget there was one guy anyway, like whatever the te- techniques may be. I, I don't want to butcher the techniques, but they've come along. And, vacuum and, and bagging. A, well, all of that stuff. So my point is, is that if you're that guy that invented this really great new way to make a stronger board and you go do into a factory and you're like, Hey, I want to show you guys this new technique. The guy who owns the factory is going to be like, first of all, great idea. Second of all, no, I'm not going to train my staff to do that. And third of all, why? You know, and then and yeah. the guy's going to go because it makes a stronger board. And then he's going to go, yeah, okay, we don't necessarily want them stronger. Now, I'm not saying that's the first thing. That's my point. <laughs> but it is a thing. It, it, it's, it's, it is a thing, you know, but it's not the first thing. The first thing is I'm not training all my guys to do that. Yeah, I know, by the way, now I got it. That's extra labor. Now the cost of the board went up to the consumer and well, you know, we're just that's the thing about the surfboard industry is that we've been doing things for the same way for a really long time. And there's a lot of good reasons why, quite frankly, it works really good. It's we've been, you know, and part of it is maybe we're not being forward thinking like like somebody like Donald Brink or there's a bunch of guys that are really forward thinkers that would like to employ new techniques and have, or Jeff Timpone, exact if, as an example, right? Yeah. Um, but the mass produced boards that are going through factories up and down the coasts of Australia and California and Japan and Brazil and in Europe, those boards are basically being done the same way they've been done a long time ago. and it's And it's not because we want the boards to break, but it's because one, we simply don't want to train our staff to do it because it's kind of like if it's not broke, why fix it? And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about, I think that's part of the mentality. Like we've been doing it like this for 40 years. It works why great. it's
0: no, it, that's the thing is it, it isn't working great. That's why it's still a cottage industry is that What's wrong with that, well, um, you don't have the capital to progress so into the, into the future. No, not so what
1: well, you, want be, you want to well, be, you want to be,
0: because you want to like megacorp. I don't need I, it to be megacorp at all. I'm just saying that you want to be able to implement some of these sustainable efforts. If you're using this stuff that breaks all the time and that is planned obsolescence, that's I a short-term, that's, that's a short-term strategy.
3: I'm not saying it's planned obsolescence. I'm saying,
0: you're saying it's factor number three on the manufacturer's factor, mind. It's,
3: it's just like in the, yeah, in the back of his mind, he's like, it's bad for business.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So I'm saying, I'm saying that I think it's important to like the Timponi, the Maui leaf like construction is the best solution that I've come across personally, where it feels exactly like I'm familiar feeling. Because that's the other thing is you get on some new materials or constructions or whatever, and it's all chattery and static. And it's like, ah, it just feels too different. Here's, this feels very familiar. You know, here's the deal.
3: Here's the deal. I think if you want a board that's going to be uh, an, a quote unquote eco board, I, my hat's off to you. You should go do it. It's not hard to do. Call Jeff. There's a, there's a bunch of guys that'll build you killer boards out of different cutting edge materials, even just simple vacuum bagging, whatever techniques there, whatever. Right. And, and you, and it's not like it's not out there, but to get, somebody like Jeff or anybody to ramp up a massive factory and produce hundreds of thousands of six, two chips for the WCT riders and, and every 20 year old kid in the world that's surfing in France right now, it's just not going to happen. And well, they have
0: to charge for it. It's a more expensive.
3: There's no demand for it.
0: Are you going to build
3: a factory before there's a demand?
0: I think so. That is the problem right there is, Uh, the consumer's willing to pay a certain price, but they're not necessarily willing to pay that premium for that thing or a limited segment of the population is. And so we're waiting for that tipping point for the scale to tip where it's like the mass, the most amount of the people are willing to pay It kind of feels
3: like a solution searching for a problem. Like who's really complaining about this? Just Jed on STAB, like sat around, they sat around in an editorial meeting and said, Let's talk about all these broken boards. Like, no, no, the fact I, don't, that- I don't hear any massive, like, outcry on Instagram or on TikTok about this.
0: Uh, the fact that you're on TikTok is amazing to me. But what? it's, it's unbelievable to me that you're <laughs> not aware that. I'm fully aware. That, yeah, okay, well, enough on that. Um, actually, there was something else on that. Oh, you were saying MR. I actually have one of those MRs from the 80s that is still in epic. I mean, talk about sustainability. The thing is sustainable. It's thick, right? It's in great shape still. You probably hardly rode it. I got it at a garage sale when I was a teenager and I rode it a handful of times. So I don't know how many people rode it before then. But yeah, I put it on ice because it was like a relic, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) What? The ultimate sustainable surfboard, the one that doesn't work. <laughs> the one that you don't <laughs> ride? Yeah. I've got a garage full of them. It, it actually does work. That thing worked magically. Um, I got the longest wave of my life. Well, not maybe in my life, but the longest wave ever at trestles on that thing. Um, upper trestles. Set wave from the outside all the way to the left at lowers. If you can must believe that. Been, must
3: have been low tide.
0: It was during the wintertime, it was a big swell. So there was was waves kind of pushing through that middle section, but I could not believe that thing just kept going. And then I got out and I walked down and one of the guys on the beach was just like, are you kidding me? And it was on that board. I don't think I could have done it on a thin board. Um, Let me close my door real quick. David, today's program
3: is brought to you by Athletic Greens, the health and wellness company that makes comprehensive daily nutrition really, really simple. Use athleticgreens.com slash surf to support us, David, you and I, and get one year of vitamin D immunity boost for free.
0: Everybody needs immunity boost, Uh, especially going into the winter months, by the way, less exposure to the sun, that vitamin D would help. Um, And again, my life has only gotten busier and busier. I got a kid on the way. Unless I map out, nutrition is the very first thing to suffer. And then everything else suffers as a result, including my mood, my work, my surfing. So AG1 is the new formulation by Athletic Greens. And uh, it is the simple solution in one scoop.
3: AG1 is the category leading superfood product. It's comprehensive and convenient daily nutrition designed for everyone, regardless of age or activity level. And David, my kitchen's been getting torn up. And I tell you what, my nutrition is lagging. And thank God they sent me the new AG1 by Athletic Greens. I'm super stoked on it. Take a bunch of pills and capsules. That's hard on the stomach and hard to keep up with. But if you use AG1, it simplifies nutrition by giving you the one thing with all the best things. AG1, David.
0: Yeah, the one scoop. It's a powder that you just mix with water, but the one scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, including multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. Fills the nutritional gaps in your diet, aids with... Gut health, digestion, supports a healthy immune system. It effectively replaces all those pills that you were talking about that are actually hard on your stomach. And it's just in one healthy, eight ounces mixed with water.
3: And David, it's dairy-free, vegan, keto, and paleo-friendly. Contains less than one gram of added sugars. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Use our portal, athleticgreens.com slash surf. To support our show, support David and Scott and improve your health at the same time.
0: I am sold, Scott. I'm on it. I had it every day. In fact, here it is right here. The AG1 new you. container with the powder inside. I don't want to make a mess. So I'm not going to tip it that much, but I had mine this morning. And again, you'll get a one-year supply of immunity-boosting vitamin D liquid drops uh, that you just add to your AG1 powder and eight ounces of water. And it covers all of your nutritional deeds Needs for the day. It's a 20 second commitment every day to optimize your health at slash surf. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Hell yeah. Whoop.com. Whoop. Promo code is the word surf. You get a free whoop 4.0 strap and 15% off your membership when you use our promo code surf.
3: 4.0. 4. It, like my age, 4.0.
0: And what is WHOOP, Scott? What does it mean to you? How has it affected your life?
3: Well, look, the WHOOP 4.0 is really, for me, the best part about it is the sleep, like the ability to gauge my sleep, which I don't seem to be getting very much of. It does a lot of cool things. But for me, I, I really like you know it monitoring my sleep and where I'm at with that. And
0: it's a digital fitness tracker. It is the most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The 4.0 version is. John John Florence uses it. Uh, Nathan Florence has been using it. And although it's a fitness tracker, it's really designed around the concept of recovery. And so it's important to not just monitor your exertion, but also monitor what's going on at night and how well you're sleeping and your body's processing all of that and recovering and then apply it to your workout.
3: Yeah. The 4.0, it basically tells me, hey, today's a recovery day or today you can go full 110% or today maybe just go 80%, whatever the case may be. And uh, it's, it's a powerful tool for people like me and you that are living you know, aggressive lifestyles.
0: The cool thing about the 4.0 strap is that it is smaller, sleeker, it is a biometric tracker. So it sits on your wrist, but it uh, is so small that it actually fits under your wetsuit. So you can wear it 24 hours a day. It um, measures skin temperature, blood oxygen, much, much more all of that information gets sent to your phone. So the device itself doesn't have a screen, there's no buttons, there's no annoying notifications, but you can open up the app on your phone and it has all of your vitals. Super important information that you could then share with a physician, a coach, a personal trainer. It's just automatically collecting that data 24-7, whether you're working or sleeping. So whoop.com is the website, W-H-O-O-P, and then use our promo code, which is the word surf, and you will get 15% off your membership and a free Whoop 4.0 strap. Right on, Whoop 4.0. Whoop.com promo code surf. I've got an update on your hometown hero, Scott, Jake Marshall.
3: Dude, I've been fully on the Jake Marshall watch. Like I've been, I've been, yeah, I've been watching. It's a bummer he didn't get through today, but well, I've been watching for him.
0: So we, we were hyping him because he finished second at the U.S. Open, right? I think he said second in the rankings after that event. And uh, I was asking you, I'm like, dude, amazing result but it was at the u.s open and the waves on tour he's gonna have sunset he's gonna have g land he's gonna have these so can he hang through those waves can he hang with ct level competition well he went to portugal finished 17th he just lost in france in the round of 48 which i think yeah. might be a 17th as well That's no, a 25th oof oof yeah what are we gonna do
3: we're just gonna ride it out and see what happens i think he's got is there one more? No, there's Haliva and then there's Sunset, right? Is
0: just, Haleva. Is? just Haleva. Just the, Haleva. Haleva is the final event. There's four events.
3: Okay, so... I, I mean, I guess we just... I, I, don't, I don't doubt that Jake... Can, I, I'm not worried about Jake and G-Land or Sunset or Haleva as far as like his ability to surf good. The guy, the guy's fully legit. Okay. At this point, it's... It, I mean, did you see today's heat? He no. lost by like half a point. You know, like yeah. And, you that know, happens.
0: that's sort of, that's, yeah. So all these years of me saying Matt Banning, Carlos Munoz, and you're like, yeah, you go, there is a thousand shredding qsr warriors around there the world. Are. I'll talk, you know, I'll talk about them when they show up on the world tour and yeah. here we are roles reversed. And I'm <laughs> saying, and I'm just like, I'm saying, all right, it's your, this is your boy's chance. There's only four events. You had an epic first start. And we had two, and I, you know, I'm just playing devil's ad, advocate with you. No, that's I hear all. you, but like, I got nothing against Jake. Jake's,
3: I know you don't. Jake's the reason I'm psyched on Jake is because he's a hometown guy. Like he's like, he's he's a seaside guy. He's, you know. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, that's why I'm watching him. I mean, Carlos Munoz, what's your connection to him? By
0: the way, he's still in it. <laughs> I think he's an amazing surfer. The reason my connection yeah, from know, ten years ago. Uh, well, my connection goes beyond local geography or, you know, familiarity. It goes, I just <laughs> see the person, I just see the person for how they surf. And I'm like, Carlos shreds. Uh, by the way, I got, Yeah, but an that's email. my
3: point. The L shred, at least the one that I'm following the shreds is somebody who I know.
0: So I got an email from a guy, um, who's listening Why to our. Back... yelling at you. I don't know. He listens. <laughs> he was listening to our back catalog. He goes, dude, I'm listening to an episode from seven years ago, and you're <laughs> hyping Carlos Munoz. How psyched are you that he's killing it in France right now? I'm like, it took a while for that to come to fruition, but here we are. Yeah, he's
3: into the round of 24. And, you know, it's amazing. So let's see, there's, three, there's eight times. There's 24 surfers left in this heat, right? Obviously, the round of 24. Nine of them are Brazilian. Almost half, like yeah. borderline half are Brazilian. How many Americans are in here? Zero. Four. Oh wow! No, okay. There's zero Americans in here. And
0: yeah, good job, Jake.
1: <laughs> Left us hanging. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Not just Jake Crosby. Uh, grit? No, Griff. Or was it the Crosby? One of the Cola the Pintos. Crosby, I think. A bunch of guys from Hawaii. You know, like Cody. I don't know. Young, Cody young, or something. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um. Well, going on to the CT season the wild cards have been selected for 2022 Oh really Yeah on the men's side Kloeian Dino and Owen Wright which I don't know if we even really talked about but Owen I think finished 25th uh this past year huh. which which was quietly not discussed um but yeah he was set to not re-qualify why did, he, why did he get it So interestingly Ahead of him on the rankings were Adriana De Souza, well, Jeremy retired. Flores, and Jeremy Flores. Wilson.
3: All three of those guys
0: retired. Exactly. So Owen wouldn't have gotten back in had those three guys not retired. Was that it's how a, they
3: decided by just yeah using the, the highest ranking? Line?
0: Oh, yeah. I think if there's a special circumstance, they would consider it. But yeah, like um, an injury wild card. This is the injury wild card. These are the injury wild cards. Oh well, those guys weren't
3: injured. Was yeah, Julian, they I guess? Julian? All no, no, of those no. Guys?
0: No. Kaloe. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, no, I don't think those guys were injured, but Ace Bucken sat behind Owen, and he was injured, so he could vie for the wild card, but they gave it to Owen instead, which is fine by me. Um, and then on the <laughs> women's side, Lakey Peterson and Malia Manuel uh, are the picks on the women's side. So that's who will be rejoining the tour in 2022.
3: They're blowing it if they don't put Aaron Brooks and as a wild card in every single event.
0: Well, my, she's not my Duke, but Gabriella Bryan has really seized the day with this challenger series. Um, Again, there's only four events. So this is your opportunity. You don't have to travel for nine months or 10 months going to 50 different contests to try to qualify. You get four events and there's a number of names, Michael Dunphy. Um, I mean, just a long, I can't even think of them now, but a long list of names that of guys who have been trying to qualify for years yeah. who are showing up in France and losing in the first two rounds, showing up in Portugal, losing in the first two rounds. And I'm going, dude, this is your last shot. If you're not seizing the opportunity now, you never will. Gabriella O'Brien looks like she's 16 years old. I had never heard of her name before. She, apparently she's from Kauai and she is absolutely seizing the opportunity. She finished second in the first two events, US Open and France. So she's sitting second on the rankings. I, I think it almost doesn't matter how she does in these next two events. She's probably liable to qualify based on the points she's already accumulated. And so huge shout out. I, again, I think she's 16 or something. So huge shout out to her for just seizing the day.
3: Well, good for her, and um, I'm stoked. That you know when people take advantage of an opportunity that's put in front of them, it's a good thing. I'm just looking at this Jake Marshall. He he lost by less than half a point to Mateus Hurdy,
0: who I would argue is a. I haven't watched Jake surf that much, but Mateus, I'd put my money on.
3: Yeah, you need to watch Jake a little more. You got to stay away from Colin, or I mean, uh, Carlos. Start watching have you, Jake.
0: Have you seen Mateus <laughs> surf?
3: I'm sure he's just like one of the hundreds of Brazilians that absolutely rip and go to the air. And uh, uh,
0: so, how many Americans are fit into that paradigm? Not hundreds. No, that's why the ones that do, we got, we got to root for him. Um, Gabriel Medina, this was a news story from a few weeks ago, said that he's considering sitting out of competition for a while. He said he's been on tour for 10 years. I need to stop thinking about competition for a while because everything I do, food, routine, it's all focused on competition. And I never miss a step because of it. It's been hard for me to do these last few years. I think the time has come. I need to take a break.
3: That's code for, he's got his
0: girlfriend got in his head and said, let's go to
3: Europe. Exactly. (laughs) Let's go to Italy.
0: (laughs) They're already going going to to Europe.
3: No, but She's just tired of
0: sitting on the beach while they're in Europe.
3: Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's, come on, let's go to (laughs) Italy. Dude, okay, let me ask you this. If he, my sense is, one of, a few things could go wrong here. One is he just gets super fat and happy. He's got millions of Instagram followers. He'll forever be. Gabe medina he's got his world titles and it's over we'll never see him again because he'll never like he'll never get back to the form that he was at
0: you have to stay in that form otherwise it's so hard to get back hard to it. get
3: back especially now when there's so many like jake Marshall's of the world that are just chomping at the <sighs> heels
0: yeah, yeah i can't sorry. wait to rub this in your face yeah i <laughs> <laughs> I like Jake. Mean? Now I'm rooting yeah, why, against why? him just because I why? want you to lose. Why can't I root for Jake
3: Marshall? Why can't I use him
0: as it's an not, example? It's not good enough for me to win. I want you to lose, Scott. <laughs>
3: That's what I really want. It's not about me. It's about – anyway, it'll be interesting to see what Gabe Medina, how it unfolds. So do you think that this is going to happen, first of all? Is this even
0: worth talking about? Well, yeah, it's worth talking about for sure. I don't don't I mean, think if he he's...
3: says that, is that his way of kind of telling his sponsors and telling everyone – hey, be prepared because I'm pulling the plug. Like at some point you got to commit to the next season here.
0: I, I would be shocked if he didn't come back and try to defend his title. And if he does, I might expect him to take 2013 off. But the fact that he's even stating it publicly is a kink in the armor, chink in the armor. Chink, kink. Well, look, I'm thinking about who's done that. The best surfers in the world have done it
3: successfully. Tommy Curran. Um obviously Kelly. Um uh, did Andy do it? Andy got kicked off to her and then came back. And but he wasn't he wasn't a world title. He hadn't won a world title. So who's done that besides Kelly? Kelly and Tom Kern are the only two. And And Tom Kern's is way gnarlier than Kelly's. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Surfing
3: through the trials every single event just to get into the main event and then win the world title trials. That's
1: insane.
0: Yeah. Have I, to don't I don't know. I don't know that it. it's gnarlier. I don't know that it's gnarlier because Kelly did it. I mean, Kelly has so many more world titles. He did it when he was I'm older. I'm not talking about numbers. He also Well, he also did it when did he had, he had have a lot of stiff competition. The
3: tri- there, there weren't trials. That's the thing. There weren't trials when Kelly did it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of factors to consider there. But I don't know that that could be replicated. I think the competition is so stiff at this point that Idolo is not going to... I agree. Uh, you know, and John, John, and Felipe's vying for it. And there's so many guys. Um, so I don't know. It's an interesting concept, but I think if his more important than whether or not he does it, I think what's telling is that his headspace
1: is he's already right. deferred. Right. Like his,
0: in, his interest is deferred already. And he's uh,
3: got a hot, do you know how much fun he could have? He's got a super smoking hot chick. He can go anywhere in the world. And just bro down with his soccer bros and his F1, Formula One bros. And, and just, you know, you know, like, you know, I mean, certain parts of the world, he's like, he's gold, you know?
0: I know, that's Monte the problem. Carlo,
3: that's what I've always over. said.
0: I, I've always said, um, like, the guys who are at the top of their John Jones in the UFC, he was the best pound for pound for pound fighter in that light heavyweight division the only person who could beat John Jones was John Jones himself. So what did he end up doing? Tons of blow and hookers, (laughs) you know? And then all of a sudden John Jones is kicked out. Like uh, the athletic commission kicks him out and he's sitting on the sideline during what would be his peak. And so it's cool that Gabriel's not doing the, you know, not sidelined in the same way, but it's still Gabriel. Maybe he is. I don't know, but it still is Gabriel Medina dethroning Gabriel Medina you know what I mean which is kind of a bummer like it's unbelievable the way that Kelly has managed his career like Kelly he he's kind of obviously now on the decline in terms of he's trying his hardest and he's still finishing you know outside of the top 10 Um, and that's injury and all that sort of stuff can be the reason but Kelly had an unbelievably steely mindset to be able yeah. to maintain that level of competitive intensity for decades. It's yeah, like super when Kelly rare.
3: took off the tour, he didn't like go eat Twinkies and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was still Aw, like, he... yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like Kelly was still like, I'm still the best. Like, like he still had the mindset of, of Kelly, kind of like the way Tiger Woods. By the way, I'm just watching Mateus Hurdy do the gnarliest air in this heat. He's absolutely. Do you remember
0: seeing him before?
3: vaguely you know like, he
0: was in the mexico event scott the ct event in oh mexico. that's right we he made the ripping. semifinals
3: yeah yeah he was ripping in that that's right no i'm, I'm a fan i get him mixed up you know challenger series the only one i really know is jake marshall but anyway <laughs> uh it'll be fun to see. i mean i think of guys like um like julian like julian's taking the year off is julian ever gonna win a world title like no you think didn't we have this discussion? You were saying he probably has I, – I was saying he has a better chance of winning the world title if he does take a year off.
0: Yeah, I don't think he's going to win a world title, which is unfortunate.
3: Yeah, I don't either.
0: Um, Let me ask you
3: this.
0: Speaking of styles uh, or Mateus Herde, his style reminds me so much of Julian. It's like Julian 2.0 because he's doing – well, I guess he's not doing gnarlier things than Julian, but he's the younger, fresher version, you know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I remember being a big fan of his during that Mexico event. He was, he was absolutely ripping. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I don't know. I was going to ask you this. When's, when are we going to, is it only going to be Brazilian world champions for the next three or four years? Like, yes. Who, who's going to win a world title. That's not a Brazilian. You claimed Canoa. I, I think Kanoa's got too much Kanoa. He's, he's long he's on Kanoa. I mean, he's kind of in that I feel like he's fallen into that Jordy Smith trap where he was just this Olympics like he's been given too much too soon. He's that'll I'm, kill it. I'm not time. sure the fire I'm not sure the fire is there. Yeah. I'm sensing that Kanoa's already a huge superstar in everyone's mind, including his own. And I yeah, I, I hope I'm wrong. Cause I would like to be able to tell that story that cause that's really the biggest thing that those guys have to overcome is, is being force fed themselves. You know, yep. you're not that fucking great. A little humility might help you win.
0: Yep. Yep. You should tell him that Scott, send him a I voice. Just did.
3: I just did tell him.
0: Uh, well, moving on from the CT.
3: Brazilians um, world champions for the next
0: yes. five years. Oh, yeah. I, I fully can co-sign that, especially when you look at who's coming through the ranks. It's gnarly.
3: Idlo? Felipe. Let's just say Gabe's not even in the equation.
0: Who, who yeah. are the other?
3: We know it's Felipe and Idlo are the ones that you kind of go, okay, yeah, those guys. Yago? Yeah.
0: No, Yago's not a world world champ contender. No, I love champ. Yago. Yeah, yeah, whatever. What about Kyle? <laughs> Maybe. God, Dan, Kayo. Kyle. He disappointed me in France yet again. He I know. I know. Yeah.
3: I was just looking. He's You know did better than him? Jake Marshall.
0: Um, uh, not really. I
3: think he did. I think Jake got through to the round of 2040. Uh, anyway. 48.
0: 48. Now i um, watching
3: Carlos Munoz with his friggin' He's got one of those bun things.
0: He's got a hair uh, bun. So totally off topic, but worth yeah. discussing. I recorded an episode with John Roseman has anybody designed a better life for themselves ever in the history of mankind?
3: Um, yeah, I think. Um, who's that famous guy? Um, Aurelius.
0: Marcus, Marcus Aurelius.
3: Yeah. I think Marcus Aurelius maybe did.
0: <laughs> you think he was fighting
3: wars, battles. No, dude, he's quite the philosopher. He had time to, Think, think things through.
0: Yeah, on the battlefield, that's brutal. John Dude. Roseman. John Roseman, by contrast, this is out of context.
3: You don't think what, that you don't think that Aurelius was super stoked, as stoked as Roseman was, as stoked as Roseman was to be kind of just camping on that one ball, at cloud break for thirty years. You don't think Aurelius was just stoked to be in the battle as
0: John Roseman was? No, I, I mean, I, I think, think he found he philosophically found meaning in it and all that sort of stuff. But there's is so much strife. Ro- John Roseman found
3: any? Has John there's Roseman so much found strife. Any, has he found any philosophical
0: meaning? Yes, he has. Okay. But Maybe think about know. this. Think yeah. about this. In okay. your early 20s, yeah. showing up in Tavarua, getting an, a business opportunity to invest in a camp, which is just the most, you know, rugged version of a camp, Converting that into a business that becomes obviously a very substantial business, but the entire time it's centered around surfing Cloudbreak on every good swell that happens for 30 plus years. Cloudbreak's one of the best waves in the world. So you're, you're, and it's so isolated and also so private for so many of those years that you kind of dictated access and you had direct, like it's insane. It is. There's very few of all the finite resources on the planet, gold, whatever. If you can kind of hoard and manage some of them, I would argue Cloudbreak would be up there with the greatest of finite resources on the planet to do this with.
3: Yeah, I don't think you could argue. I mean, I'm just thinking devil's advocate for the show's sake. Is, Is that what the resource is for to hoard and to manage? Are you suggesting that's what John did? He hoarded it and he managed it?
0: I think he did it in the most responsible, ethical way possible. Yeah. Without exploiting it, with supporting the local community, all that sort yeah. of stuff. But no, he he killed it. It's unbelievable. No de-
3: yeah, he absolutely killed it. Good for him, man. Yeah. Stoked for him. Stoked for him. But you know what? It doesn't make us any less happy. I'm extremely psyched to be where I'm at right now in my life.
0: I don't know. Did you hear my I philosophy?
3: Know. I need you I to know.
0: lose, Scott, for me to feel happy. I need you to lose. Then, then
3: I will lose for you, my friend. How
0: would you like me to lose? I would like to make you feel good. It doesn't feel as good as I thought, sadly. <laughs> um, well, my Duke of the Week, there can only be one. Do you know who the Duke of the Week is, Scott?
3: Yeah, it sounds like it's pretty obvious and I should know.
0: Um, you really should. <laughs> you should be uh, mourning this entire week.
3: Oh, it's Tom Mori. It's got to be Morey. Tom
0: Mori. Got to be Tom. Yeah. How many Mori boogie boards have you owned throughout your life?
3: Um, owned. Probably one or two, but taken as my own, probably four or five <laughs> as a kid, you know, but I'm not saying that's right or that I'm proud of that. But um, look, I think it's I mean, the thing is, when the, when these legends like and Tom Mori is at the top like tom moore could be on the Rushmore. and when you start talking about these types so many people so many um provocateurs and cultural thought seekers have talked about tom over the last two weeks or whatever it's been that it feels kind of like silly to talk about like i feel like all the good stuff's already been said what am i going to say that hasn't been said but i will say this i think the number one thing is that he probably brought more joy to more people than any surfer ever. And so I would ask you this How does he stack up to John Roseman?
0: In what regard?
3: Just life. Like, whose life was better?
0: I don't know that I can answer that question. <laughs> My question about Roseman was, did anybody map out a better plan for their own life? And and Roseman, I say, did that, you know, yeah. who brought who brought people more joy? The volume of people would land on Tom Morey's side because that boogie board went into mass production. I mean, I grew up on those things, you know? Me too. Know. Everybody did. I don't know how many I had, but I went gonna, through. Them. You know what else? I'm probably going to grow down on it. <laughs> Seriously,
3: the last board I use to ride a wave will probably be a boogie board, for and I think sure. it was for a few guys. Like, like I, I don't. I, I was going to say Flippy Hoffman, but I don't know for sure. But I know Flippy was belly boarding on his last, you know. And I know Bing Copeland was was belly boarding on his last few waves, and because Bing told me that, you know, and yeah, and I'm and I think that as we get into our 80s you know like 25 years from now or whatever it is um and we're still seeking the joy of the ocean tom moray's equipment's going to be there for us just like it was when we were 10 years old
1: yeah
0: um you said what you know people have been talking about him for the last 2 weeks so what else could we add I would argue we have a podcast, Scott, and we are <laughs> we are responsible for talking about it. That is the entire purpose of what we do here. And there's actually a lot of listeners, uh, some thought leaders who you referenced, who no longer read anything surf-related, and we are main, their main source for surf uh, content and news. So I am going to take the lead here and offer a couple of tidbits. If,
3: do you feel as if now that you've won? Because it feels like you just won. <laughs> you just beat me at something.
0: In honoring Tom Maury, I am going to try my best. Um, what was interesting was that Mike Stewart sent Matt Warshaw Tom Maury's burial wishes, which I guess Tom wrote in 2016. Oh, yeah, I read this. this Did great. you?
3: Oh, yeah. It, I read all lots of stuff about Tom Morey. That's what I'm saying. What am I going to do? Plagiarize everything I read?
0: That's what you usually do. And then you don't give Matt credit. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> By the and way, so look what
3: I have in my hand right now.
0: Somebody's drumstick.
3: Tom Moray's. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, but it's in it's it's not Tom's but in in homage to Tom, I have a drum Oh, was that in
0: homage to Tom. <laughs> Wasn't he a drummer? I don't know. Tom was, was like a
3: jet. Yeah, he was a jazz drummer. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. Um so anyways, Tom gives these very elaborate just uh, what? What are you laughing? You
3: don't at? even know that Tom Moore is a jazz drummer.
0: No, I that's needed why, you to tell. That's, that's why we need one you to the tell the most this important
3: stuff. things about him. I bet if you asked him what's the most important thing, he would say music.
0: Okay. <laughs> the most important thing about Tom Maury is that he was a jazz drummer the most might important he. thing did he well, have children he, did he have a he, wife like he might say that this, was the most important what thing. what he might
3: say is that waves ran through his life whether they were sound waves or physical ocean waves or you know light waves who knows Tom was a uh, interesting guy with uh, very outside the box just not um,
0: he wasn't
3: he wasn't constricted by yeah by sort of contemporary thought.
0: Did you spend time with Tom?
3: I did not. I've met him a few times and he was always joyful and sweet and cheerful, but I didn't have any, I didn't have any in-depth conversations with him.
0: So he gives this list for his burial wishes in, you know, five years ago. And it's like this very elaborate, detailed list. And it's still very interesting to read. And at the end of this very exhaustive description, he says, or simpler, <laughs> mu- mummy wrap my naked body in cotton gauze, impregnate one surface with light layer, with a light layer of sun cure polyester resin, move from shade, allow five to 20 minutes for partial cure, rotate, do additional surface, repeat, etc. Then add a thick, a uh, thicker coat for reinforcement, then a thick gloss coat modify these instructions if necessary to allow for swelling or body decaying <laughs> Be be still. And we are all still with you with a smiley emoji.
3: Yeah, that's, that's classic. So that's, that's what I mean. Like that kind of sums him up in a, in a nutshell, he was just, um, just a fascinating guy from what I've, from what I gathered, you know, from everything I've read. And um, you know, the, the one thing that I do that when I think of Tom Moray, I think of Tom Curran on roller skates at the boardroom show with Tom Moray. And they're sitting there for probably 30 minutes having some sort of in-depth discussion of which we all wish we could have been a fly in the wall to hear Tom Curran talking with Tom Moray. Because who knows where they were going. But I would bet you this. It had a lot to do with freaky surfboard design, like outside the box, um, you know, and probably had to do with this drumsticks
0: i I was actually who else is a drummer tom current i was actually lip reading when they were having that conversation i saw the word skimboard pop up multiple times i believe it super dave also was in there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um so my must see moment scott i don't think i mentioned this i had it in my notes last week with you and devin but i don't think i actually mentioned it did you see justine dupont's wave at chopu where she dodges that uh, boogie border no dude, it's insane. I'll send it to you. So Can she I gets towed it? into, it's on, ju- uh, go to her Instagram, which is Justine Dupont 33. Okay. Um, she gets Keep towed it. into a wave. She gets towed into a wave at Chopu and um, a bodyboarder drops. She's getting barreled. Sh- yeah. Like just charging on this freight train. It's all frothy with whitewash and stuff and a bodyboarder drops in on the shoulder and it looks like he's going to go straight into her. They're set to collide. But he hits the water at an angle that makes him kind of indo 1 foot next to her, kind of in the face of the wave. So had he landed on the skim part of the board, he would have slid right into her and just taken her out and it would have been this horrific crash. But he kind of indos when his board hits the water which then sends him up and over the falls and he never actually makes contact with Justine, but it's literally one foot away from a pure disaster for Justine. It was, it was pure disaster for him no matter what, but it's so gnarly and perilous six posts ago. So if you look at the sixth tile.
3: Okay. So it's not on her story. It's on her feed.
0: Yeah. On her feed. Justine DuPont 33. Okay. And it's the sixth post to go. And they show it in slow-mo too. It is just so unbelievably gnarly and close. And she rides out of it like a champ. She actually doesn't even phase her. This all happens right one foot away from her. And then she continues to get shacked and come out.
3: Looks like there's some wind on it in the afternoon. Oh, (laughs) that's so mental.
0: Guy was riding a Maury boogie board, dude.
3: That's right. Somebody
0: was happy. So that is my musty moment, Justine DuPont. And then I have a kook this week, Scott. By the way, that girl,
3: that girl is intense. She's not. Like, Justine DuPont, did you happen to see, I think it was like a year ago, Matt Warshaw wrote about some of the most, like, underrated stories of 2020. And one of them was Justine DuPont and sort of a, a situation with Another pro surf, big wave pro surf girl. I forget who it was. Anyway, I'll try or to she, look.
0: where she got robbed at Nazare for the biggest wave, the Guinness that's, Book of World Records. Yeah, wave. that's what yeah, it was we about. talked about it. Yeah. yeah, she totally got robbed. Yeah, and got, you, you go, look, you go back up. and you look at that footage. I talked to Garrett McNamara about this. I was like, let's talk about that wave specifically. And he says yeah. it's all red. It's all bureaucratic um, bullcrap. Yeah, because
3: who won was, was what's her name?
0: Maya my yeah on the exact same wave or i'm sorry the exact same day on a wave that was way mushier that maya actually doesn't ride out of justine's is to my eyes it was bigger far away it was bigger and heavier like actually barreling and justine completes the ride if you somehow were objectively able to measure it it would come within a couple of feet of one another but Justine's was barreling and she made the ride and Maya got the award because even Garrett himself said, he was like, it's all bull crap. Like Maya's in the right camps with Red Bull and blah, 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 blah. And so yeah, she, yeah. she was always going to get it. And Justine was super grace, gracious about it, but I actually reached out to Justine at that time. Cause I wanted to talk to her about it. And uh, I never heard back from her.
1: So. Matt
3: said that something in one of Matt's little Sunday evening things was something like there was, it was, I think, basically what it was was Justine caught a wave at at, ja, at, at um, Piahi that was mind blowing. Remember that barrel she got at Piahi? And it was Matt was basically saying, This is her way of, of flipping off Maya. These yeah. are Matt's words, not Justine's, but basically going, Everyone knows I got the biggest wave. And here, watch this. Yeah. You know?
0: And she's still doing it. I mean, that clip with that boogie boarder is oh, amazing.
3: Insane, yeah.
0: Um, so my Duke, I mean, my kook, Scott, deserved it. The person who set fire to the surfboard rack at Waikiki. Oh my God,
3: I heard about this.
0: Did you see the footage or any of the photos? No, I just think it's scorched, me. scorched earth. So Where would
3: I find that, I'll just Google it.
0: Yeah, so 10 Honolulu fire departments, Resource units responded to reports of a fire near the Moana Surfrider Hotel at 1118 Sunday morning. When they arrived, they found flames clinging to the walls of the Honolulu police substation and the Moana Surfrider bursting forth from the Waikiki surfboard racks occupying the space between. So, by the way, these are surfboard racks that you, as a resident of Waikiki, can rent to keep your surfboard in so you don't have to lug it back and forth to your apartment or your home. Going back to the story, it took less than an hour to extinguish the blaze. No injuries were reported except every surfboard finding shelter in those racks was completely destroyed. By the way, this is the second time in two years. Those racks have been there for 46 years, not a single fire until two years ago, but this is the second time in two years that the racks have been targeted. Last one was on um, February 27th, 2020, one uh, surfer, Teresa Strange, said it's more than a rack. It's a community. She lost her 11.6 glider shaped by Todd Ponder, as well as a 10-foot Nueva. It's hard to get a spot at the racks, so people tend to stay for years. The rent is roughly $25 to $45 a month, and there are about 525 surfboards stored there that we're all vanquished.
3: Gnarly. Now you know that's some planned obsolescence, right there.
0: Planned by who?
3: <laughs> whoever, whoever, <laughs> whoever put the racks on fire. Probably Plan, planned by industry, the pyro and support industry guy.
0: And probably, I mean, pro- that's what they were saying. They were speculating it could be, uh, you know, a beach concession business or somebody, or they could have just hired one of the homeless, the many homeless people now um, to just, hey, we'll give you 500 bucks, go light this thing on fire, whatever it is. So there are no um, suspects that have been named yet, but (laughs) (laughs) is that too much? Yes, way too much. (laughs) What what do you pay homeless people to light things on fire for? A
3: little bit less than a hundred (laughs) bucks. I don't Can mean be to a... laugh. That's sad. It's sad. I don't, I'm not, I'm just, you know, David and I are just having a fun, jolly moment, but it's a bummer that there was a fire. I'm glad nobody was hurt.
0: Cook and of the does, week, Scott.
3: does suck that the boards were lost.
0: And they are the definitive kook of this week. Yes. Yes, they are. Well, Scott, it's been a wonderful show. You know what I watched? I'm
3: not saying it's my musty moment, but I watched it, and it was pretty interesting. Squid game. No, the latest Brett Barley thing. Oh, okay. There was a Brett Barley thing that I watched. It was like season three, episode four. It was basically him and some North Carolina bros getting these little fun little drainer barrels right on the sand somewhere in the Outer Banks. It was
0: pretty cool. Done by our buddy Jeff O'Neill from Real Water Sports, Scott. Oh, is that who does Brett stuff? He is. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He did the boardroom show's uh, Icons of Foam video.
3: Oh, speaking of boardroom show... Guess what's happening in two weeks?
0: Um, California Gold Surf Auction.
3: No. Headstock Guitar Lovers Festival. We're putting together a beautiful venue filled with custom handcrafted guitars by luthiers from up and down the coast and then around the United States. And um, it's going to be a cool thing. If you're into guitars, if you're into music, if you're into the universal language of music, um, we're going to have demos and exhibits and beautiful guitars to, to buy and to see and to check out and to play. We've got an electric room for, if you want to plug in, we've got an acoustic room. Um, we're going to have live performances by surfers, such as Cody Sherman. You know Cody? No. Cody Sherman, um, Dusty Brow, Peter Sprague, um, Andy Powers. Bunch of other guys are gonna to play too. So it's gonna be cool. Um, if you're into guitars, you're gonna might want to check this thing out. It's gonna be pretty, pretty bitch and thing. So it's Headstock Guitar Lovers Festival. You can get more information at guitarloversfestival.com. It's November 6th and 7th in Point Loma, right on the water in San Diego. Perfect. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, good show, Scott. Thanks for coming. When is their baby dude bros? seven days from now thor 20 20 the 27th we're expecting him to come sooner though
3: sooner than the 27th
0: we're expecting him yeah so maybe next time i see you
3: brad and what's the name
0: austin austin powers that's right that's his middle name too
3: austin Uh, scales
0: we uh did spicy indian food last night to try to jar him you know, loose, but he didn't, he didn't come
3: kind of handmaid's tale is that eat spicy Indian food. It's been proven. It is. It is. Oh, it's an old,
0: yeah. it's an old wife's tale. She was it an old Indian it. wife, but yeah. Do <laughs> <laughs> You have any uh, methods I should try to implement? You want to offer? I'm some sure advice? my
3: wife does. I don't know what they are though, but I, I can't offer any advice on childbirth. Believe me. <laughs>
0: okay. All right. However, One opportunity,
3: I will say this. My wife will back you up on this. There's going to be, as soon as the baby's born, people are going to pile in, like your mom, her mom, especially, her parents. Are they still with us? Yeah. Her parents are going to pile in, her girlfriends. There's going to be no time for David. This is the perfect time to go on a surf trip. Both my kids, (laughs) both my kids were born. About three or four days later, I went down to Pasquale's and serve
0: for a week. Wow.
3: because the, the baby and the mom need to bond? They don't want
0: anything to do with you. Wow. Yeah. Why am I not surprised? Just this is peak this is peak Scott Bass. I'm <laughs> this just saying, peak Scott Bass. No, no, this How came much
3: with the blessing of the wife. She's like, "Get out of here. I got yeah. plenty of people helping me. You're in the way. I'm just going to be breastfeeding this baby for a week. Get fuck out." So, uh, Amazing.
0: Yeah amazing uh there is no amount of swell nor prompting from lauren that will keep me away so there's that okay i'm just saying okay i'm gonna ask your wife for her version of this story she'll be like yeah he started he was was looking at the charts throughout the entire pregnancy and this swell was on the horizon and it just so (laughs) happened get this i would like
3: to actually get this on record because report back i will let's okay. bring this back so next week you're gonna have your kid in your hand and you're gonna maybe the kid should be bonding with your wife and you're gonna be selfishly taking the kid from your wife and uh you know she's gonna be resting tur- and
0: nurture i don't know she's gonna be resting and recovering while i do skin to skin contact for bonding purposes
3: oh, my Lord. <laughs> good for you guys i'm so stoked for you man you're so you. stoked. it's gonna be great
1: Thank Thank
3: you. You. I got a little look of flim. little you. tear, little joy, tear of joy.
0: <laughs> All right. Sign us off, Scott. I got it. Okay,
3: go. look. Until next time,
1: adios to the low. This is Ground Control to your Tom. You've really made the grave. And the papers want to know you wear Now it's time to leave the capsule if you dare This is major time to ground control I'm stepping through the door And I'm floating in the most peculiar way And the stars look for today? For here, am I sitting in a tin can?